When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome. Hope everyone's having a joyous holiday season. It's just upon us here, Christmas around the corner, or if it's Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Again, we're wishing you a prosperous, uh, happy holiday season here from Sustainable Success here at Voice America. Uh, We're going to have a great show today, and we're going to be providing some information for you in business uh, that are looking to really, you know, make a difference in what you're doing. And we have a great guest today. But before we get in, we do want to always mention our sponsors. Our sponsors today, our sponsor today is EFA Movement, uh, which stands for Empowered Fathers in Action. And Empowered Fathers in Action is a 501c3 organization dedicated to strengthening the father-son bonding process so they can build future leaders with our boys and not only in their homes, but also in their communities and in their businesses. We encourage you to check out Empowered Fathers in Action EFA Movement at efamovement.org. That's efamovement.org. Also, if you are new to the Sustainable Success Radio Show, you could also find us on uh, Facebook at Sustainable Success 2017. So we encourage you to go there, follow us there, and there you can listen to many of the past episodes that we've had with many great guests talking about a variety of different content relevant to sustainable success that can take your business and personal lifestyle to another level. So again, uh, check that, check us out there, follow us there. And today we're going to be talking about your business, the integration of movement and profitability using eco architecture. So this is definitely be something that I found quite very interesting that we're going to learn a lot about today. And our guest today is Dr. Stephen Hobbs. And before I introduce him, I'm going to give a little background about where he comes from. So Dr. Stephen Hobbs guides inspired practitioners to become natural educators who deliver extraordinary experiences using nature-based concepts and ISO assessment and competence verification tools and techniques. He advances and amplifies working well together based on the fusing of performance improvement workplace culture, experience-based education, and facilitative mentoring, and simply serious fun. God, you got to have fun, and I cannot wait to hear that aspect of it. He was the university. He was a university professor, CEO of a competency compliance company, and a nonprofit manager and board member. He has worked on six to seven continents, currently supporting the funding of infrastructure projects in Africa. Stephen is also a thought uh, note speaker, author, and a philanthropist. And without further ado, we'd like to introduce Dr. Stephen Hobbs to the show. Stephen, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. I've got a view of the mountains today, so I'm enjoying it. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, you're telling me. I wish I was where you're at, where I'm at. We're both in cold environments, but I'd rather be where you're, where the scenery is right now. I'm right now, it's kind of just cold here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I hope I uh, hope your holiday season's going well, and I'm so looking forward to today uh, talking about this topic and talking about you know your business, you know the integration of of you know using you know a movement and profitability you know with the eco architecture. Can you talk a little bit about this concept 
in general, just to kind of give a like a, a your you know kind of like your definition first of what you what business is. Sometimes people you know have their you know have a general definition, but you have a kind of unique definition to it. I'd like to hear that, and then a little bit about the concept. Oh, for sure, and it, it's great to be here. So um, again, thanks for that. The um, the the way that I look at at business is that. It can be basically just changing a letter. It can be busyness, business, or bizonness. And I like to play with words, so you'll probably figure that out. But this notion of business is really about the organization of work. And this organizational work leads to movement, in other words, the actions that you're taking. And therefore, there's a sense of profitability that happens. But what would happen if you did it using some nature-based principles and practices. So that's where the, the title comes from. But if I go back to this notion of business and those three words I use, a lot of times when people start up their business, it's more about busyness. They're, they're running around getting things going and getting things organized. And then they get into the business. They're, they're working in the business, the use of the I in business. And then they eventually get to biz on this, which is they're starting to work on their business. And that's when they can really start to mature it. And for some people, it might be to continue it on as a legacy story. And others, it's to continue it on for the purpose of selling their business. So I'm just going to be connecting the sense of business, movement, profitability. And the term that you introduced is eco-architecture. And you'll note it's architecture, but it's actually, instead of a C, it's an X. So, again, you can probably tell I like to play with words. So that's a, a brief introduction. How's that, Chris? That's great. And I love the fact that you talked about architectural. Like, you know, it's not like that, you know, people saw the title, obviously, and the promotion. But if they're not, you know, if they just hear that, they're, they're thinking, oh, it's just architectural. No, it's 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 got that text in there. So curious to find a little bit more about you know, the process, if you could, you know, go cover the process of what we talk about business, you know, the, the integration of movement and profitability using this eco architecture. Well, for sure. The, the place that I would start is at the end. I think it's, it's Stephen Covey start with the end in mind. And this eco architecture, I'd like to go to the notion of texture or the word text is in there. One of the things that I have learned over the years of working in different uh, capacities, uh, working on mergers and acquisitions, uh, doing management leadership workshops all around the world to uh, trying to figure out how to help um, managers and leaders do their work in, in much better ways, including the owners of the, of the business, is that I've come to the point of understanding that text, T-E-X, or conversation or the words that we use are so important to the organization of work. And we play with that now in terms of we, we're always texting. I, I understand that using our, our phones and all that, but there is this sense of text, the words that we use, and those words are so important to the organization of work because a simple yes or no can give you a great day can give you a yucky day, just that the word yes or no. And if we think of words that are important is when it comes back to the eco, the ecology of our business. Ecology 
is the study of the home or study of the situation. In other words, a study of your of your business. And if we just slow down just a little bit here and we start looking at some really important words, then that'll help you to understand how to get your profitability based on the movement that you're taking because of the business that you're creating for yourself. So I'm just using a backwards and that's the basic process. And I'd like to break that down with you in our conversation, if that's okay. Absolutely. So if I start with the eco-architecture, there is uh, seven key words or keyword phrases that I would use. Um, one is flow, and most people understand about flow, which is when we talk about our, you know, our own business or life, is when you're in flow, it's, oh, this is really juicy, and things get done. And when you're working with groups and teams and you're really got the flow of the ideas going, we have a good sense of, uh, of flow as it unfolds. And then we understand about cycles. There are business cycles, and I've hinted at those, you know, starting up cycle, the maturing cycle, the decision, do I keep the business or go into a, a recreation of my business? Those are cycles. There's selling cycles in terms of sometimes it's seasonal, what your uh, work is about. So cycles becomes very obvious. Another one is network. Now, network is an interesting word because we've used it and sort of turned it into a verb. You know, we're going to go network. We're going to go out and do something. But in actual fact, network is a description of how you organize the work. If you organize it as a network, then one of the chief characteristics of a network is there's no center to a network. Mm -hmm. And when you build a business that has no real center to it, in other words, you're working with everyone and all your stakeholders, then it makes for um, a, a better way in which to do the organization uh, work. And I've, I've found that to be so true when I've worked in other parts of the world because I can't go in and know all the nuances, uh, the customs and the cultural aspects, the social cultural aspects. So I've just got to sort of go in there and do it from a network point of view and just keep building up and understanding who I'm talking to to find out what's, uh, what's going on. So is that okay for the first three flow cycles and network, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. So Any questions talk, on those or do you want me to keep going? Yeah, yeah. I like to maybe, you know, kind of talk about, you know, the differences, like what you're talking about to what, like, let's say for, from a traditional standpoint, you know, of the way people would on a general level and, you know, uh, you know, understand how businesses are run. Talk a little bit about the flow cycle and, and how, you know, this all comes together, so to speak, in a way that, you know, makes it makes more of an impact. Maybe if you oh, want. Sure. You, you, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, so flow is, if you think about the systems is that you've got input throughput output and we're creating systems in business all the time. There's the supply chain. Uh, the procurement chain, um, there is the um, how to do your marketing system. These are all systems that have a sense of flow to them. And when we have difficulty with the flow, it's because of something like bottlenecks or battlenecks. And we've all experienced this. So let me just share with you. Yeah, I like that other one. You said battle, where, that bo bottlenecks and battlenecks. Is that the way I heard it? Battlenecks? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I know bottlenecks, but battlenecks, I love that. 
Yeah, it, it's great because when again when I sort of started to figure this out, I went, oh. So let me go to bottlenecks. I think most of us would understand bottlenecks is that where we come to a really tight point in our systems and things get sort of clogged up. Maybe the paperwork's not getting uh, filled in or the computer system breaks down. We understand this notion of, of um, bottlenecks. Bottlenecks is the interesting one when it affects flow because it's about the person-to-person. We enter into a bit of a battle with some people, mm-hmm. which is why we see books like How to Deal with Difficult Conversations, How to Deal with Difficult People. These are bottlenecks. They influence the flow of the work. And I believe that every person who's listening in will understand, they'll know when they're in flow in their business, and they'll know when something is blocking up the business, whether it's the system itself or people involved. And I, again, I, I've seen this many times, and I'll give a great, really great example, is one of the things that I always do when I do my consulting work is I always go in starting with the following. We're going to define the terms and concepts, and then we're going to agree on those terms and concepts before we make any kind of map of the work. Because I've got to make sure that we're not going to end up in these bottlenecks. I want to know how we're relating with one another around the words we're using. Again, remember text in the eco-architecture? The words are so important in the sense of flow. So that's one example. How's that? That works great. That's perfect. Okay. I think the, the, uh, the element of cycles, I think, is most people understand cycles because we usually do like a yearly planning cycle. Yep. Um, some people do quarterly planning quarterly. cycles. Yeah. Some people might do monthly. Some people do weekly, daily. We all got different uh, sense of cycles. One of the interesting ones that I was following for a little while was the lunar lunar cycle, which was sort of like 13 cycles through a year. And I was just curious to see where that would take me because that's a nature-based concept. And I started writing books using this lunar cycle. So I was writing a book every uh, every sort of um, time the the full moon went through, I, I, I wrote a book. And I just wanted to see what the experience would be like rather than following the calendar month. And it was great. It was just a, a different way to uh, do the work. So that's an example of cycles. How does that one sound as a, a great one? No, that makes sense. And then, and then how flow with the network? And then the network, it's one of the things that most people organize their world around is the organizational chart. And I always talk about there's the boxes and the lines. And most people draw them up, and, I, and you can picture that. But what I've always been fascinated with, Chris, is what happens in the white space of those organization charts, right? The lines and the boxes really do well if you've got performance issues and financial questions, But the everyday conversations, this text, this words, this language Mm -hmm. in the white space is where things really get done. I was sharing with the person this morning. I said, there's three people in an organization you really need to know well. That's the person who's the executive assistant to the boss, the person who gives out the money, 
and the person who cleans the floors. And those are not normally thought about as part of the organization chart, but in fact, they influence so much of what actually happens in the white space, the organization chart. So the network view of it is, is that we're like points and the lines are connecting us, but they're on all different kind of connections. And sometimes they're dotted because there may not be a main one. Sometimes they're uh, a solid line because there's a strong connection. When you draw up your group or team or your department using a network drawing rather than the typical organizational chart, you'll see the organization work in a completely different way and you'll start to experience it in a different way. Okay. Yeah, it makes it makes sense, uh, Steve, Dr. Stephen. When we talked about like the organs in the chart, it almost sounds like it, you know, could be, you know, limiting. You know, in this way, when you look outside, you look at the you said between the white lines, it kind of expands. It kind of like you know some of the things that we take for granted, uh, in terms of some of these other roles, like executive assistant to the boss. These are things that could really, you know, we could see, you know, the bigger picture, so to speak. Yes. And, and that those three, and just as that example, is that they have a lot of insight, and often they're not asked for what they know, <laughs> okay? Mm. Because people are planning and going on and doing things in their businesses without actually getting all stakers involved in what's taking place. They just use the certain boxes and lines. And that's what I always go in and I attempt to straighten out. Uh, I did a really big project on management leadership because the organization wanted to figure out the new reward and recognition system, mainly the reward system about how to do the um, bonus payments. And when they started to get into the data that I was providing, they started to go, oh, there's a lot more to this than we thought. People have got a lot of different ideas that we hadn't even thought about, you know, as the organization group who set it in motion. And um, they said, wow. I think we need to start talking to more people about things. And I sort of sat there in the chair and just smiled. You can appreciate, you know, the consultant sitting in the chair when they come to that uh, realization and just smiling. And that's what I was doing at that point. So, And that makes sense. I mean, I think when it comes back, you know, it, it goes back to, I mean, this is also the network and, you know, also, I actually, you know, you can look at all three. It really comes down to the communication, you know, and I think, you know, maybe we can expand upon this when we come back from the break here. But, you know, that the communication has to be thorough. And and a lot of times, like, we, we see, you know, conversations or communication going on between certain titles or certain groups, but it's just not getting to everyone. And there's, like, this disconnect. And like you said, which can lead to, bottlenecks and then eventually battlenecks which i love that you term. you know the battlenecks obviously people you know assuming speculating not having enough information coming from different perspectives and this causes friction and causes a breakdown in the communication process to cause these problems um we got about about 30 seconds to to break uh dr hobbs just a you know a brief summary again for the listeners and those coming on, just a brief summary about if you were to tie flow cycle network to this concept together. This is a brief well, summary of what, what it just, means. Yeah, yeah, it's what you just said, Chris. It's really about the text, the words, the language, the communication that links to have people experience the flow, the ease of what's going on, dealing with the cycles that present themselves because there's different experiences that come that way. 
and building it in a network so that you benefit from all stakeholders and not follow rigidity, the, the lines in the boxes all the time. So there's so important to this concept of communication. Oh, great. Well, we got to go to break, but we'll be right back again. You're listening to Sustainable Success. We're here with Dr. Stephen Hobbs. And again, if you're just joining us, we're talking about your business, the integration of movement and profitability using eco-architecture, but that's with an X for text. So we'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now... Back to sustainable success. Well, welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're here today with Dr. Stephen Hobbs. We're discussing uh, your business and the integration of movement and profitability using eco architecture. That is the topic today. And when we say texture, we mean uh, with the X. So it's not the way it sounds. So it's really important that we emphasize that. And uh, in the first in the first segment of the show, we were talking about the communication uh, side of this topic, and we were talking about the flow cycle and network uh, elements uh, to this process. But so, Doctor Doctor Hobbs, I wanted to kind of you know talk about a little bit more about the integration 
of the movement and profitability as it applies to business. We can expand upon that during this segment. Oh, for sure. You want me to jump in and go for it? Yeah, absolutely. Go right ahead. All right. <laughs> you got <laughs> it's it. It's all yours. So if, if we take a look at uh, the two words, there's obviously a, um, an initial meaning that gets associated with them. And I'd like to just add to those meanings and, and give some examples. So profitability, often we think of profit, the ability to make the profit, and we think of the, the money element of that. And we do our business and through our ex- uh, expression of you know revenue and expenses and do the financial sheets. And that's one of the stories that you, you share with people. We, we get that. You communicate that to people. But there's a couple of other ways to look at profitability and the profitability of ideas. How can you profit from the ideas, the, the conversations that you're having with people? And again, if there's flow and we understand cycles and this network opening up the structure of your business, then the ideas will flow and they'll cycle through and you can benefit from those ideas all the time. And again, that's one of the things that I'm always after when I'm working with people is what are some of the new ideas? What are the innovative ideas, the creative ideas that come forward and how can you profit from those? There's also profitability around relationships. And with the busyness that's in in our businesses today, relationships is where there's a lot of ideas flow out of that then gets to this profitability. So You've got to nurture the relationships if you want this profitability to work for you. But I would offer to you is think about it from the perspective of all stakeholders, not just necessarily the employees, but also vendors and contractors, the customers and clients. These are all stakeholders. How do they fit into the flow and the, and the cycles, the communication that's necessary to run your business? And then there's another one. This is a kind of an interesting one, Chris, about profitability around the fitness of your business. Mm, yeah. Now, again, a lot of people think fitness is the physical aspect, and I'll link that to movement here in a second. But fitness means what does it lead to? What does your business, what does your profitability lead to? And a lot of people can't answer that question when I ask them, and it's, this notion of if it leads to something, is it a maybe a philanthropic side? Um, how does it lead to the community benefiting from your from your work? What's the ripple effect beyond the profitability of the sale? What else does it lead to? And that's about profitability as well. And when we start to understand that, that really helps the business from a branding point of view. Uh, sharing the story into the community, there's a lot more there. So that's expanding a little bit more on profitability. And that's, as you mentioned, my introduction is something I have to take into consideration with these Africa infrastructure projects I'm working on. Yes, there's profitability in the, in the money aspect of it, but it's also what does it lead to in the country? And those are conversations that I'm having with people as we unfold these projects. So that's profitability. Any questions about that one, Chris? Well, yeah, you made a a, a very interesting point in in this whole process about profitability, because a lot of times I I feel, 
and correct me if I'm wrong, because you have far more experience in this area than me. But, you know, a lot of times when organizations look at profitability, they're looking at the short term. They're looking at, you know, the amount of revenue that is coming in at that time or what can they generate in a short period of time. But what they're missing the boat on, like you said, is where what does this lead to? And if this is going to be sustainable over a period of time, there has to be a focus on where this leads to and where you talked about the fitness aspect of it. Talk about a little bit about, you know, if companies don't, let's say they're not familiar with that, because you mentioned a lot of times they're not, maybe they don't grasp that right away. Talk about how companies can go about, you know, you know, gr- you know, slowly adopting this process and implementing it into their current infrastructure. Well, it, it picks up on the word, obviously, that's important to you is sustainable, sustainability. Yeah. And... Like even in when we're doing these uh, infrastructure projects is how do you create buildings that are sustainable? Not that, okay, they're good for 10, 20 years and then you got to knock them down. How can you build them using the new technologies? We have uh, a considerable number of affordable housing projects we're working on. So how can you build sustainable homes that are then used uh, uh, over the long term, what does it lead to, and how to incorporate the technologies like the uh, the solar panels, and how do you build them in such a way is that it builds communities and sustains community. That's what it leads to. For the business itself, is how do you think about organizing the work so that there's sustainable interactions among the people. Because if you don't get your managing and leading correct, then what happens? People leave the business. And when they walk out, they walk out with lots of knowledge. And when you get too much turnover, that becomes a problem. So yep. the organization of work, the profitability of the ideas, the sustainability of the business within inside itself is about taking care of the people and communicating correctly. So those are two examples, one outside, one inside. That's really important. I think you just touched upon. And I mean, that's a whole other issue. I think you see with organizations is the turnover. You know, a lot of people come in, they're out. Uh, you know, a lot of times people will be hired and they've already got th- their minds on the next job from there. And, you know, mm-hmm. so in, in order to really, you know, in, you know, increase that retention and reduce those onboarding expenses, obviously they got to build this culture. And, and if they don't have a, a, a fitness plan for the profitability, I, like it just sounds like what you just said. It just really affects all these areas that we've been talking about from since we started the show. Even when we went back to the, the, uh, the, the business side when we were talking about flow cycle and network. Oh, for sure. And again, you hit on a culture therein is such an important element. And I've been working on culture-related work for 30-some years now. And one of the things that I realized is that there's what's called foreground and background conversations. And if I was to give you, go back to the organization chart, which is why I like network organizations, foreground conversations is what takes place in the lines and in the boxes. Background conversations takes place in the white space. So when you go and listen to the conversation at the water cooler, it's very different 
than what usually happens in the meeting when everyone's following the lines in the boxes and speaking up when they are supposed to or not supposed to versus uh, the free form conversation uh, around the water cooler. And you got to profit from both of those, right, Chris? You got to profit from both of those conversations. But when you tap into that background conversation, that's when you can start to really see the relationships and the ideas flow and the cycles that are associated with and the network that is built around that. Mm. So important. So, I mean, in terms of like, if we're on the subject of, you know, culture, obviously, if we're going to expand our profitability from a revenue standpoint and retain more customers, get more customers, it starts from within. We have to develop our people. We have to create this culture where everyone, and for the most part, has similar values and beliefs. They buy into the vision. Do you want to like expand a little bit more on that process that organizations can do? You like we, you know, talking about any type of uh, experience-based education that will be needed, any type of mentoring. Um, I think even when your, your bio, we were talking about implementing fun into the picture, and sometimes there's not enough of that, and that's something that mm-hmm. really creates that bond. And for people to come together and do great things. Well, that's a great summary of the concept of movement that I'm, I would like to share. So well, let's do that. Linda. Let's jump right into that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't and even realize that was ask, the movement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the, that's the fun part of it is that in your own language and describing it and coming to it is you're actually describing this notion of movement. And for many years, I did a lot of um, that group team development work. And I always talked about, let's have some simply serious fun. And I use the whitewater rafting because I worked as a whitewater rafting guide and worked with the mountains and the rivers and using nature-based ideas, which is, you can see the connection with this eco-architecture and using nature-based ideas. And fun is a very natural way of learning, play. And yet we shut it off in our businesses. We stop that movement. And that movement, when it's stopped, is a bottleneck. And when that movement is stopped and people start to get a little antsy, then it can start to uh, this notion of bottlenecks because relationships can break down. That's why it's so important to really understand there's a movement of people that are going through the organization and how you manage and lead that. And therefore, resource allocation, you know, it's money, yes, that's profitability, but it's also about effort and time, the use of effort and time, the movement, the cycle of time, right, the effort that goes into the network and the relationships. These are all really important. And if you dig back into the back of them, it's about what we talked about earlier, flow, cycles, network, right, three of the seven um, pieces of the equal architecture. So this is the, the one point that I've learned over and over again, whether working with an individual who's getting their business started or into the place of maturing, to working on $500 million mergers and acquisitions to these multi-million dollar um, mega projects, is that the language that we use either hinders or helps. That's the movement. It's either going to hinder and take you away from your profitability or it's going to help you on your profitability story. 
And when I do a lot of my analysis of, of organizations, I score between zero and 100%. I won't go into all the details, okay, Chris? I'll just keep it at uh, zero to 100%. Most times, people, the organizations end up around 38. I'm just going to use it as a point of reference, mm-hmm. which means there's more hindering conversations, more hindering movement than helping movement. And therefore, how can we get ourselves organized, organize the work to deal with the hinders while maintaining the helps? That's the movement story that helps us with our profitability. So the money, the ideas, the relationships, the fitness, the culture is about how we move things in organization, in the organizational work. And simply serious fun, don't give up on it, folks. Play is important. Yeah, it is so so important. I think it's... And I think sometimes, like you, you talked about the white water rafting, you know, you know, nature-based concepts, and a lot of times, you know, it, you know, it can be those activities that can really exemplify the importance of everything you're talking about, and then it's fun, right? And and it, mm-hmm. and it gets people kind of thinking outside the box and kind of coming together, and to really work together as a team in a different way, but to be able to then have fun at it and then apply it to you know, the workplace when they're, you know, back in a normal work environment. Uh, so important here. Um, can you can you discuss a little bit about, you know, maybe without, you know, I don't know if you, you can name any names of companies, but just maybe some examples of some companies in certain organizations or certain industries that are, you know, incorporating these concepts you're talking about? Well, for sure. Uh, I've got a, um, a transportation company that I work with. And I did the uh, management leadership workshop. I did about 25 uh, preparing people to move into the senior level. And that, uh, so I was working with sort yeah. of the higher middle level because, you know, there's, you know, 9,000 employees. And I was working to help them move them up into this next sequence of, of uh, succession planning. Um, I've also done it in um, at the agricultural uh, trucking industry, and that was fascinating around the mergers and acquisitions because it was um, mostly from the trucking industry, and it was about how do we upgrade, recreate the trucking industry from within uh, because there was, uh, you know how you can get to a point where you stall out, and there is this, and with the merger acquisition, you get this sort of re, um, you're reinfused, you given um, more insights to work with. Um, the grocery industry, that was the rewards and um, recognition program that I, that I work with and how to deal with um, multiple stores and how to be fair and equitable in what you're doing between stores. So telecommunications, uh, industry uh, that was that was a fascinating one because I did the marketing uh, section of that one just before they went through a merger acquisition and how could they um, get movement in their marketing they had stalled out a little bit in in the marketing and they wanted to re, uh, infuse some new ideas and that's when they started to realize hang on there's a whole bunch of ideas that we weren't listening to inside the organization so I've cut across quite a few 
areas over my time. But I'll share with you, no, no, not, not but, Chris, sorry. Words are important. <laughs> and, Chris, <laughs> I'll share with you, <laughs> is that they all consistently came out in that 35 to 40 on my um, assessment. In each of those different industries, they came out, and that was their starting point. There was always wow. more hindering conversations than helping conversations. Yeah. And can we? I want to and expand I, a little bit about that a little bit. We got because we, we got to go to break, uh, but I want to talk about a little bit more about the hindering and it helping because that's so important. I guess when it when when you look at a type of movement, right? You know, there's mm-hmm. either hindering. So let's expand upon it. We uh, we have to go to break. So again, you're listening to the Sustainable Success Radio Show. We're here with Dr. Stephen Hobbs. We're talking about your business, the integration of movement and profitability using eco architecture. That's uh, with an X for text. Uh, We'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. 
Well, welcome back. Yeah, again, we're here with Dr. Stephen Hobbs. We're talking about your business, the integration of movement and profitability using eco-architecture. And uh, if you're just joining us in the second segment, we were talking about the the movement and profitability aspect of, uh, of what, how this works, you know, in an integrative way to or using integration to uh, improve your business. So, Dr. Hobbs, we had left off at the end of the second uh, half of the segment of the show that we were talking about there's two different types of movement. They're categorized by hindering and then also helping. Can we, uh, I just want to expand a little bit more about that and, you know, talk about the differences and, you know, what are some ways that companies can look at both, obviously helping being the best way to move forward. Oh, for sure. The, uh, this helping and hindering aspect is in that language, the text of the eco-architecture and the words that we're using. And the hindering is that when you hear it, it's things like lack of, uh, don't like this, or there's gossip phrases that, uh, you know, that uh, take people down. And usually words that we associate with that, those are things that speak to the notion of uh, weaknesses and vulnerables. When someone puts a lot of, and I'm going to use a really technical term here, Chris, Oof. with their phrase, <laughs> and I say, if someone was to say it this way, and just, uh, I think you'll hear the tone. Yeah, there's a lack of communication. There's a lack of communication in our in our business. You hear the difference? Mm. That. Lack of communication is more like a weakness. A vulnerable is, yeah, there's a lack of communication. And so the weakness has sort of got this charge associated with it that's really holding you back. And people will speak in that kind of language. And when that enters into meetings, you, you feel like you're being pulled back, right? But the flip side of that is strengths and potentials from the helping side. And people are going, uh, they might be saying, I really appreciate what uh, Chris did for us the other day, right? Or that branding story is really working in the market, right? And you hear the, the strength of the statement, you know that there's something there that's really helping, and let's do more of that, right? Potentials is sort of, yeah, the, the branding story is working. You hear the difference, the branding story is working. Oh, the branding story is working. When we listen to these conversations, you get a sense of this hindering and helping, and that gives you a sense of your movement, and it influences your profitability. Communication, it comes down to the words we're using. Mm. So powerful. And a lot of times, like I said, I mean, a lot of people don't seem to understand or even hear the words they're saying, or even in the tone. We probably, you know, just what you had used before, there's a tone, tone aspect to it. Or even body language, if you, we incorporate that into the picture. Well, we tend to listen to what we see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yes. The body language is very important. And the tone in which things are being said, where they're being said, right, really influences what's going on. Because if you actually spend the next week, and I'll give this as a challenge to those who are listening, and you're in a, uh, in a business and you're in an office, even if you're a solopreneur, uh, entrepreneur, and you're working with others, just listen to the conversations, listen to the words, and do they come across as hindering or do they come across as helping? 
And what are they talking about from a hindering point of view and a helping point of view? Just listen to those, uh, to those words and you'll get a sense of, of, of what's going on. There's a challenge for you. Mm. And what are some of the things, I mean, again, I mean, companies have to be aware of this because, I mean, a lot of this goes on. A lot of times they're oblivious to these hindering, um, you know, that, that hindering is going on, you know, just because they, you know, it's just something that they're used to. So what are some ways that obviously they could go about, you know, kind of revamping that and changing that around to make it more helpful uh, going forward for people? I know it's a process, so it doesn't happen overnight. I'm going to use a very uh, important uh, approach, which goes back to why I do the work I do, is to help people become natural educators. So how do I I help uh, managers, leaders become natural educators, business owners become natural educators? What you're really getting at here, Chris, is this notion of understanding what it is to be a facilitative mentor. And what I'm sharing here is a facilitator is someone who draws the ideas from someone without judgment and gets the ideas out. And they get the ideas, okay, well, what's hindering and what's helping? You can ask that question. See the power of that? What's hindering and what's helping? Let's facilitate the ideas out so we can figure out, well, I didn't know that was what was hindering. What can we do to deal with that? Oh, if that's helping, why don't we do that more? That's that story of continue, stop, start, okay? You can use that question, facilitate that. Mentoring, and this is so important in today's world, yep. is mentoring is to be able to be ready and willing and able to share your lived experience with someone else who's asking you questions. A mentor is someone the questions is being asked of them to tap into their lived experience. Coaching is a little different. Coaching is about working with someone, asking them questions to make sure they fulfill their accountabilities. Mentoring is about allowing this person to talk to you to tap into your lived experience. So when you become a facilitative mentor, knowing when to draw ideas from someone and then to be able to share from your lived experience and you can balance those up asking a question like what uh, hinders and helps, that is worth a billion dollars to your company. Because mm. now you can engage people in this communicative way, this eco-architecture, this flow and cycles and network. That's what we're attempting to get to. No, you made a very, very interesting point. You know, like, you know, think about you know, traditional leadership or, you know, just managing in general that you could tell, you know, when you, when they tell someone how, when, or why to do something. And that is usually doesn't go over too well. And there's always resistance, but mentoring is is a way that you said it is, you have the ability to share your experience and you could be the example for someone to follow, not, not to follow exactly what you do, but to empower them to follow the model and how that plays out to what they're good at and what they can do. So they, they, they learn from that experience. They can implement from, you know, for themselves by seeing you as the example versus being told why, when, or how to do something. Would that be correct? And yes, and there's an important element to that, Chris, and that's to help the person understand how to ask quality questions. 
Because when they learn how to ask a quality question of the mentor and then have the ability to go, hmm, do you know what? I'm not sure that I'll use the idea that way completely. I'll do a slight modification, but if I'm going to do the modification, why don't I talk to my mentor about that modification? Because now the mentor and mentee, protege, learner, or words you want to use, both of you are, are learning, and that's what mentoring is about. It's a, it's a shared growth. It's a shared learning that takes place. Now you know you're in the flow because you're asking great questions. That's what helps, Chris, is because then you don't think, oh, I'll do exactly what my mentor says. You'll go, you know, let's talk about this a little bit. I need to ask a couple more questions. Now, now you're into the flow. Now you've got this sense of how to get the work done, to organize the work. And if I may, I'd like to share, you know, before we close off, uh, my definition. Of, oh, yes. I do want to hear about your definition of work. of work. Yes, please do. Yeah. And I'm going to turn to uh, a poet by the name of David White. And I'm going to paraphrase here. And he was sharing is that work is an opportunity to shape and discover where the self meets the world. So let me just break that down. The opportunity, work is an opportunity for you to shape and discover, shape and discover through your work, your organization of work, your contributions, right, is that you get to shape and discover a place, like, you know, your workplace, where you as a person meet the world. And the world would be my work colleagues, my organization, how that influences the community, how that influences the community of my region and out it goes because some people, their sphere of influence can be very local or for some, it can be very global. And I've so enjoyed that definition because it's about shaping and discovering where the self meets the world. I think that's a beautiful definition of work. What's your thoughts? I, I think that's powerful. I've never heard of that definition before. I wrote it down. I think it's powerful because, again, you know, it's everything that we do. I mean, you think about an organization. It's just a reflection of the people that are in it. You know, it always mm-hmm. comes down to people. And what is their shape and, dis- you know, their shape and discovery through their work and what, how that impacts others. And it, it's so important. It kind of just ties in everything that – You've talked about up to this point, you know, we talked about the architectural process or eco-architecture process to this, and it just makes sense. I think it's a great definition, and uh, I encourage, you know, again, listeners to kind of look up that quote and kind of put it up somewhere so you can take a look at it every day. I think it's powerful. Yeah, and if you take the this notion of, of, of work, and you think about it from what's my words that I use at work? Are they hindering or helping? Because if your conversations are always coming from a place of hindering, that's what you're going to experience. <laughs> right? Yeah. If it comes from a place of helping. And therefore, the words or the words you share with the world, you know, this work, this words to the world. What's the difference between word and world, Chris? The letter... There it is. Well, you got the uh, you got the well work in world. You got L L D and K. 
right? So the yeah, old, so old, yeah. yeah, so the notion of word and world is the letter L, correct? L, L, yep. Yep. What are words that start with L that apply to what we're talking about today? Lead. Lead. Listen. Listen, laughter. <laughs> I mean, you got to have fun. Legacy. Right? <laughs> Legacy, right? Leverage. Okay? So if you understand the words that you're going to use and you remember the L words that go with it because you're going to share this with the world where you meet the world, then do it as you lead, as you listen, as you laugh, as you leverage, right? That's your contribution, contribution of movement to profitability using eco-architecture in your business. Well, this is powerful. I want to thank you, Dr. Hobbs, for sharing this wealth of information. Audience, you can listen to this in its entirety on demand, available later this afternoon, 5 o'clock East Coast time. Dr. Hobbs, we have like less than a minute, like about four. I just wanted to, you know, if you let the listeners know where they can find you to find out more about what you're doing and where, where to seek out more of your resources. For sure. I'm at, uh, on, the, uh, on the web, it's wealthmovement.com, but wealth is spelled W-E-L-L-T-H movement.com. So I'm looking at well-being and well-living to the nth degree. That's what wealth means. And it's the movement that's associated with. So W-E-L-L-T-H movement.com. There's a bookstore there. There's a blog. Um, there's the international mentoring community that I've set up to certify mentors. Lots of things going on. So I'd love to have you drop by and say hello. Thank you so much. And I can't, we'll definitely make sure that the audience has that information on our Facebook page. Again, audience, thanks you for joining us. We're wishing you a happy uh, prosperous uh, uh, holiday season and a new year. And we'll be back next week, believe it or not, between the holidays uh, on 1227. And again, we encourage you to listen to Dr. Hobbs here on demand later today if you weren't able to listen to its entirety. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.